Hear elevated conversation on crucial issues. Boyd Matheson on Inside Sources. Well, earlier this week, I spoke about the growing interest in apprenticeship programs in the country. I think they are absolutely crucial and vital. It's something we need to get back to. There's tremendous value there. And yet in that process, as apprenticeship programs have been picking up a little bit recently in popularity, there's always the federal overreach. The Federal Rules Committee comes in uh, to make sure it's being done properly. Sometimes that's good. Government has a role to play. Sometimes that's bad. It makes it impossible to actually do the positive thing we're trying to do. Now, we want to dive a little bit deeper on that. And so really thrilled to have joining us back on the program, Robert Lerman from the Urban Institute. Had a great piece in The Hill, uh, what to like and what not to like about new federal apprenticeship rules. And uh, so giving us the deeper dive. And uh, uh, Robert, give us uh, some perspective, first of all, uh, in terms of the national apprenticeship system, what's going on there? And then why suddenly some of these new rules and regulations? Well, thanks for having me, Boyd. Um, the apprenticeship system is a bit complex. In one sense, we have uh, a government sanctioned system called the registered apprenticeship, and uh, the states, about half the states have their own state agencies that register programs. The other half are registered through the federal government. So you have that split at the beginning. Then, of course, that uh, employers can create their own programs and not register. So we have a lot of what might be called unregistered apprenticeship programs. Um, unfortunately, uh, the U.S. lags way behind in terms of uh, apprenticeship opportunities, especially uh, for young people. And uh, our group, Apprenticeships for America, has been working hard uh, to promote uh, approaches that would scale the system. Yeah. Uh, and as you look at that, uh, you mentioned in your piece the fact that uh, federal spending on apprenticeship programs has jumped uh, recently from about $30 million to over $250 million a year. And the other thing I love that you pointed out in your piece is uh, that these are sometimes we think of apprenticeship and we just think of, you know, trades or we think just of construction. Uh, but this can be used in a wide variety of places. Uh, and as you've watched this and as your group has analyzed this, talk to us a little bit about uh, some of the areas where that additional government reporting or regulation is actually inhibiting, especially small businesses, from really participating and deploying these apprenticeship programs. Well, under normal circumstances, to register your program does take a lot of effort already. And what I was saying in the uh, op-ed is that we don't we should try to simplify, not expand these requirements. Uh, the new rules, uh, some of which are well-intentioned, try to protect uh, the apprentices, try to make sure that the apprenticeships are at a high level. Um, would actually complicate the situation and probably uh, discourage some participation. Mm. So uh, we want to move in the direction of simplifying, not making things more complex, especially since all apprenticeship programs by employers are voluntary. Right. No one needs to start a program. And if we make the registered system too complex, uh, at best, employers will choose the unregistered or not create apprenticeship programs at all. Mm. 
Yeah, and I think that's uh, the the real risk there. If it does become so complicated that you have to have an army of people or lawyers or lobbyists or or whoever to execute it, <laughs> uh, especially for those small businesses who can't you know hire someone to run the program or to fill out all the paperwork for the program. Uh, I think striking that balance is so vital. Yes, we want to make sure we're protecting uh, those apprentices, that uh, they're in safe places, that it, they're actually getting value and learning. Uh, and at the same time, if we make it so complicated, so complex, uh, we're going to lose that yeah. uh, in the country. And to me, that's a that's a real loss, especially as people now, are really looking yeah, at it differently. Now, the new rules do have some good points. Yes. Uh, they are trying to provide skill standards so employers don't have to create their own. Um, and those skill standards, if possible, we could use those, again, to simplify the system. If you use the skill standards, you should be able to register like you register a computer. Mm. And um, we, we see some move in that direction. So there are some things that are uh, looking uh, – looking better about these rules, but overall it's, it, it's a lot of extra stuff. Yeah, it's the extra stuff that always gets us in trouble, especially coming out of Washington for sure. Uh, well, great perspective as always. Robert Lerman's a professor of economics at American University, senior fellow at the Urban Institute, and uh, author of many different books, uh, including Improving Career Outcomes for Youth. I think that's such an, an important piece of the puzzle. Uh, Professor Lerman, thank you so much for joining us today. An important conversation around apprenticeships today. Thank you for having me. All right, and that's uh, Professor Robert Lerman, Senior Fellow at the Urban Institute. And uh, this is an area that I, I'm really passionate about because I believe in apprenticeship programs and not just for builders, not just for contractors. I think there are a host of places and spaces where we should be looking at how do we increase the number of young people in particular who can be involved in apprenticeship style programs. Uh, We've talked a lot about the need to really be creative, that not everybody fits in the higher education model. We have some great institutions here in the state of Utah who are flipping those models, challenging the status quo, getting rid of just the, the thing that we've done for so long when it comes to higher education and really looking at what's a way we can do it better, what's a way that we can meet those in some of these areas where an apprenticeship would be far more valuable uh, to the lifelong benefit of that student than sitting in a classroom for four years. And so all of that is really important. There's a whole other area as it relates to apprenticeships when it comes to people who are re-entering the workforce or going to have to upscale uh, their skill set. Uh, or a change in dynamics in their their family life where suddenly they're in a, a different area where an apprenticeship-style program uh, could be so much more effective than just uh, sending them back to a university. And so it's exploring all the ins and outs, all the ebbs and flows of that. Uh, and the thing that worries me the most and the thing that Professor Lerman uh, pointed out is we have to be careful that we don't allow the regulatory regimes Uh, Again, many of them well-intentioned, and as we pointed out, there are some good things in there. The Department of Labor has a job to do and a role to play, to be sure, to protect apprentices, make sure they're in safe environments, that they're getting the skills that they need, that they're not uh, being forced to work uh, crazy hours and those kinds of things. Uh, But if they do so much, uh, one of the things that was pointed out by Professor Lerman uh, was the fact that to qualify for some of these in terms of registering, a small business would have to disclose all their financial statements, they'd have to go through all of these different hoops and hurdles 
just to say, okay, it's okay to be part of the program. And no small business is going to open up all of their books and all of their things to the labor department uh, and pass that along, let alone have the time and energy to manage it and to keep all of that paperwork up to date. So apprenticeship programs work. They can be very powerful. They're a great way forward uh, for so many that we need in our workforce. We just have to make sure we do it right and that we don't let government overreach ruin it for the rest of us. All right, that wraps up hour number one of Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. We'll step aside for some top of the hour news, but don't go anywhere. Big hour number two coming up next, including a little Valentine's message, some political power couples, and what we can learn from their superpowers. We'll be right back. KSL FM Midvale. KSL Salt Lake City. From the KSL Common Spirit Health Studios. This is KSL News Radio. Utah's news, traffic, and weather station.